I'm Jess. And I'm Mel. And this is Chocolate Jam! So Mel, last episode you uh, were very, very upset that Netflix had the audacity mm. to have Guardians of the Galaxy 2 but not 1. It was tragic, Jess. I was very upset. I wished to, you know, voice my frustration at Netflix. Um, and I think we mentioned, you know, what sort of point? I'm going to write an email. Mel was going to write an angry email like the pensioner that she is. Well, you know, I don't know if it was angry (laughs) or pleading or just like me sending pictures of myself kneeling in the rain. Why? Why Netflix? Why do you do this to me? Um, Any, any of those things. But um, so we had a little look after, after our podcast how does one email Netflix? And it turns out you don't email it Netflix. They, they no, don't. They, they don't, don't have an email address. They don't give you that option. Netflix are so, like, modern and 21st century and hip and happening that they don't have email. And to be fair, I think they have some kind of way that you can request yeah, they titles do. and things. They do have but a way that you can request It stuff. sounds very boring and, like, they probably ignore all of that. So then... We started thinking about social media. We did. And I went to Facebook. Yep. Because I have Facebook. So I went to Facebook and thought, maybe, you know, maybe you can do that instant message thing, like direct message. You can do that with certain companies. Can't do that with the Netflix. So then it was like, all right, what about Twitter? And then I haven't had a Twitter. Well, I haven't used my Twitter account in about six years. So that was a bit of a journey, reactivating yeah. Mel's Twitter account. With like an email that I don't even use anymore mm-hmm. and uh surprisingly we got there i well i remembered my password that was the crazy part i've I've since (laughs) forgotten it but but it doesn't matter because i'm back on the app i don't need it anymore i'm in i'm in the twitter i'm in the twitter to message the netflix and (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah so i found netflix netflix au or oz netflix whatever it is on uh twitter and so i messaged them and, um, God, what did I message? I'm just trying to find it. Yeah. So Mal is now scrolling through um, the read like a professional podcaster. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So it's odd. Yeah. At, at Oz Netflix. So after not having used, um, after not having used Twitter since 2012, I messaged Netflix and I said, at Netflix, why do you have Guardians of the Galaxy 1, uh, sorry, why do you have Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but not 1? Haven't seen either and want to watch, but I can't jump in at the sequel. Hashtag why though. (laughs) That was my message. And uh, I didn't get a response. I didn't get a response from Netflix. I don't know if my hashtag why though. Yeah, maybe maybe you needed enough. Maybe you need more hashtags. Devalue. Like, that seems to be the way we're going is everything has like 20 yeah, hashtags. So maybe you, only you, one. your one hashtag just didn't cut it. Maybe I needed, you know, hashtag can't watch. I don't, I don't really, I don't even know. I don't even know what hashtag hashtags. Chris Pratt's abs. Hashtag yeah. Netflix AU. Hashtag Marvel. Hashtag. 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 Lots of hashtags. Um, yeah. But so in my search to try and contact Netflix. So as I said, I had gone to Facebook and so ended up following Netflix on Facebook. And they've gotten into an interesting little online stash with Stan. That was so cool. It just... I'm sorry, I just... I have to take a a short segue here because Mm -hmm. I fucking love it when organisations do social media right. And this was (laughs) so good. Um, Go and have a look at the Netflix AU Facebook page and find the post about not having Parks and Rec. Anyway, sorry, back to you, Mel. Yeah, so they, so, you know, it's funny. It's one of those things I basically ignored than what they'd been posting up. But since it became relevant, Mm -hmm. because the link, the link between Parks and Rec is, and Guardians of the Galaxy is Chris, Chris Chris Pratt. So Netflix had posted on their own, yeah, they did it themselves. On their own social media, they posted, Americans, do you hear Yanni or Laurel? And Australians are saying, why isn't Parks and Rec on Netflix? And we're not going to talk um, about Yanni and Laurel. Just and We're not going to talk about Yanni and Laurel. It's more stupid. But, uh, yeah, so they posted that. And then I think on there, in the comments, Stan, Stan, the actual 
Standard uh, streaming Hero, service. If you are not Australian, is it's another version of Netflix, but it's just Australian. Yeah, it's not a dude called Stan. It's a streaming service. So, uh, so then they <laughs> they posted a GIF of Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. <laughs> From Parks and Rec looking very, like, surprised and shocked, and it was quite funny. And, um, yeah, and there was a bit of back and forth, a bit of argy-bargy. And then I – and so I tagged Jess because I was like, oh, this is funny, and it's Netflix and it's Parks and Rec and she'll like this. And then I'm like, hang on a minute, this is my opportunity (laughs) to bring up Guardians of the Galaxy again because Chris Pratt, and there's even a gif of Chris Pratt. So – so I posted on Netflix – I commented on Netflix's uh, post, speaking of Chris Pratt – why does Oz Netflix have Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and not 1? Come on, Netflix, help us out here. I haven't seen the first one. How can I watch the second one without the first? Again, I got no response, but you know what? I got 10 random likes from other people that I assume agree with me. They are people I don't know, and I'm assuming they agree. So I would just like to shout out to Amanda, Larissa, Barbara, another Larissa, Sarah, Simon, uh, Prabjot, Natalie, Jake, and Samantha. You guys yes. are spot on. Yes, they agree yes. with me. Yeah, you agree with Mel. That's cool. Why no Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Why, Netflix? It remains unanswered. I did actually Google this and found some article that, you know, weirdly kind of sidestepped the issue. Right. It was an article that was like, yay, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to be coming out on Netflix. But just the second one. It's like, really? Oh. It's just, yeah, I think it's something to do. I don't know. I think maybe there was some life, licensing agreement that happened with, I guess, who was saying Disney? Yeah, Marvel, Disney, who knows? Um, after, I think it was after the, the, after the first one and before the second one. But come on, man. You got to license it. Like, come on. It doesn't matter if the thing's before or after. I'm sure there's a ton of Disney crap on Netflix pre-2017. So, I know it's, like, super old school, but I think maybe I have Guardians of the Galaxy on DVD, if you want to borrow it. Well, you know. But, rest assured, <sighs> so that we are not going to drop this. So that or illegal pirating, you know? Come on. I'm trying to live the, uh, you know, I'm trying to live the, the good life, the straight and straight yeah, and Mel, Mel, Mel and I are, are definitely ex-pirates. We no longer pirate. We are... Well. Well, okay. Yeah. Yes, I no longer, longer pirate. <laughs> I no longer pirate. Um, because we never did know, pirate, unsubstantiated. In in Australia, we now have access to actual streaming services and reasonably priced, you know, Game of Thrones. So thanks, guys, for finally coming to the party. I'm sure that you've noticed that rates of piracy have dropped. And if anybody is still asking why, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's why. Because we were always willing to pay for things. I just didn't want to pay $125 for one season of Game of Thrones. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. And rant. And rant. That's like uh, an unexpected turn. Yeah, well, you know. Cool. Streaming. Streaming. Relevant. So, we will continue to con- try to contact Netflix. We will let you know if we ever get a response. <laughs> In the meantime, what have you been up to this week, Mel? Ah, yes. Well, you know, the big hubbub of this weekend was the Royal Wedding, but... I didn't end up watching the royal wedding last night, and I don't think. Do you know I you didn't did either? No, I didn't watch it because I was like, I mean, okay, I'm yeah. a, I'm Australian, I'm a Republican, uh, you know, I have some issues with the monarchy and you know the whole like taxpayer dollar money thing mm. propping up patriarchal and shit, all of that stuff. Having said that, I do always after a royal wedding jump onto Twitter and have a look at all of the pictures of hats because I love. <laughs> The ridiculous hats. Can I say though this year the hats were not ridiculous. They, they were, just they, were hats. they were they were nice. People wore some really nice stuff. Anyway, um there you go. But all of the coverage of the Royal Wedding, I actually kind of wished that I'd watched it. And I do intend to go and watch that speech. Um, I don't know how much coverage you've seen, Mel, but um I've seen virtually none. Okay, yeah. great. So this um, because um, Meghan Markle is uh, biracial mm-hmm. um, and her mother is African American, mm-hmm. they had um, she had a a black American preacher um, from the full gospel tradition at her C of E wedding, and I have to say, um, Annabelle Crabb described C of E sermons beautifully, so succinctly in her summation of this, where she said that um, they're traditionally delivered in the manner of a very shy person asking directions to the station. <laughs> um, thank you, Annabelle Crabb. That is beautiful. And uh, and she's absolutely right. And so this this 
I haven't watched it yet, but everything I've read about it means I have to go and watch it. This this guy delivered this impassioned, magnificent, mm. hand-waving. You can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'm waving my hands just There's to try and describe hand how... hand-waving from yes. Jess. It's on a Mel level. Yeah. Y- yes, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sermon about love and the transformative power of love and the history of slavery and the history of... Um, wow. Of, of the, the black people of America and how this wedding symbolizes how far we've come, but how there's still further to go and love is the answer. It's this amazing sounding sermon. I have mm. got to watch it. I have to. Because, yeah, I mean, at this point yesterday, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a wedding. Cool. I'll look at the hats. Whereas today I'm like, oh, I actually need to watch this. Anyway. <laughs> Well, you kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was kind of going to say, well, you know, I didn't watch the Royal Wedding because, you know, I had better things to do, care factor. Um, so it's kind of shitting on that point a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I went, well, last night. Okay, so the, the Royal Wedding was being aired in Australia uh, Saturday evening. And rather than watching it, I was at the Imagine Dragons concert in Sydney, um, which is pretty awesome. Second time I'm seeing them. And man, they have seriously stepped up their live show. It was fantastic. They did, like, first of all, they went for like two hours, just them. Wow. Which is, that's, you know, nowadays doesn't necessarily happen. Um, they did this whole, like, acoustic mini set in the middle of their set. Like, they walked through the crowd and to the back of the arena and did this acoustic mini set. It was amazing. But also the thing that I really dug about it and from a, I guess from in terms of a, you know, message standpoint and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, the, the lead singer... Uh, Dan Reynolds, he's been quite vocal about his, you know, fights with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and getting support mm-hmm. for that. And, and a lot of a lot of their music is actually quite, you know, positive and uplifting in terms of, you know, exploring demons and what, you know, what it means to be here and to, you know, do things with your life and yeah. what that means about you and all that sort of thing. So, you know, so they use their music to be quite empowering in that regard. And he actually Ooh. stopped at one point in the middle of the concert and just, you know, spoke about his experience and, and what, and had a message, you know, for the crowd. And I thought I could try and play it on the thing. Okay, it was very right. cool. Yes. Yeah, so just bear with me. To go see a therapist. I sat down in a chair and reluctantly told someone the thoughts that had been in my mind for a long time. And in that moment, I thought that I would be weak, but I came to find that that was an incredibly strong moment for me to be able to talk to someone. And and the, the therapist told me what I think I already knew, which was that I had depression and anxiety. And I thought, Everything in my life kind of came crashing down. I thought that I was broken and that I wouldn't go on to do all the things that I wanted to do, like start a band and travel the world. And because uh, I thought everybody else was, was complete in their minds and, and mine was broken. And I was wrong. To those of you out there who have depression or who are yet to be diagnosed, because statistically you are here tonight, I understand you. I understand the grayness. I understand the numbness. I promise you this, I promise you this, it gets better. Stick with it. You are not broken. You are not broken. You are not broken. You are unique. Your mind is unique. It's going to lead you to places that you wouldn't have gone, that other people wouldn't have gone because of your unique spirit. It's a gift. I know that it doesn't always feel that way, but it is. And there will be light up ahead. Talk to somebody, don't hold it in. Talk to your family, your friends. If it's available to you, go see a therapist. That's incredibly strong. I stand with you, I love you. Your life is always worth living. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. When when he started talking about it, I just whipped out the phone. I'm like, yep, recording. <laughs> um, very, very cool. And that was just in the middle of the, the concert. And he was just talking about, he goes, look, I've, you know, had the opportunity now to go around, you know, I have the opportunity to go around the world and tour with my band and, 
and see all these crowds and speak to all these people and this is something that I do every time because yeah it was it was awesome it was amazing so you know on the topic of epic speeches and you know how things change you know how times are changing a little bit like I just thought that was really cool like to be able to that is have a have a message like that in the middle of a one of the one of the amazing things about being uh in the 21st century is seeing the walls come down around mental illness and the stigmas being I won't say smashed because it's a really long process but chipped away yeah and just seeing that steady chip 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 Mm -hmm. it's 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 amazing and you know we live in a world now where if you trust someone you can say to them I have depression or I have anxiety and they will accept you and understand Mm. you you know and we're not quite you know we're not there yet there's there are a lot of people who you know you still see those stupid memes on Facebook with you know like a picture of a forest saying this isn't any depressant I'm (laughs) sorry fuck that if you have medically diagnosed depression talk to your therapist your mm-hmm. doctor mm-hmm. and your psychiatrist if you have one about the most appropriate treatments for you because whilst forests are great for everybody if you have got medically diagnosed depression they are not your cure yes um and i think setting up that expectation just sets up people for failure and yes. to feel even worse so and to, and, and what the whole issue resonated with me so much about what he was saying about how he felt like everyone else was whole and complete and Mm. he was broken Mm -hmm. and wouldn't be able to achieve his goals. You're not broken. You're just, you know, if someone gets migraines, they're not broken. They Mm. just have a condition which sometimes makes their life a bit sucky. And, you know, sometimes that means that they can't go to something or that they get, you know, they're unwell and they have to go to bed. And that sucks for them. And it's great to work on treatments and cures and see what works for them and what drugs are appropriate or whether, you know, like taking exercise or avoiding caffeine. Mm. It doesn't mean they're broken, you know, and Mm -hmm. depression is like that. It's, it's, It's a condition. Yep. That some of us have. And it doesn't mean you're broken. It just means that sometimes things are going to be harder for you than they are for other people. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. And if you're listening to this and if this resonates with you and you're not already getting help, please talk to somebody that you can trust. Reach out to your GP. Ask for a referral to a therapist. Again, if that's something that is available to you, reach out, find help. There are so many great services online and Mm -hmm. available on the phone if you're in Australia. Um, I think that, uh, Mel, I think we should probably include a link to some of them um, when we post this online because you're not alone and you're not broken. You're just a human being who has problems that human beings sometimes have and they can, you can get help. Yes, absolutely. Speak to your doctor, speak to your family, friends. There are lots of support services out there. If you're in schools, universities, there's, you know, free counselling support for you. Uh, There's all kinds of referral pathways, so don't be put off by costs, things like that. Australia, great place. Medicare system, pretty awesome. There's, (laughs) There's lots of stuff available there for you. So, so yeah, you know, there's 24-hour call services, things like that as well. So Lifeline, Beyond Blue. Yep. All of those. Excellent. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so, we were going to segue from there into talking about what I did last weekend. I don't think that segue is going to work because we just got unexpectedly deep there. So, yep, I'm just going to jump straight into it and sure. say. <laughs> sometimes segues are all smooth and sometimes it sort of smoothly works and then sometimes you're just going, okay, chop, change. It's time for a different Jess, topic. tell us about what you've been up to lately. Okay. Fun things. Fun things. So, um, uh, yeah, last night I also didn't watch the Royal Wedding. I had a, uh, my husband and I invented a grand design drinking game, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the previous weekend. <laughs> it's such a good drinking game. We, we would have got smashed if we were actually playing it. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I am my own segue sometimes. Um, yes. yeah, the previous weekend I went to a, uh, it was called the Wizard's Brunch. Uh, it was not a brunch. It was a dinner. Um, it was a... Hmm. Uh, Why was it called the Wizard's Brunch then? Uh, they had a brunch for people who wanted to pretend that they were there for their kids. 
Um, so that one was an alcohol-free, oh, child-friendly one. So they one. had a brunch one earlier. They did have a brunch one, but dinner. I went to the okay. dinner, which <clears throat> was um, adults only, very boozy, and nobody there was pretending that they were there for their kids. We were all just owning <laughs> the fact that we are giant Harry Potter nerds because yep. as much as they were very, very careful with the theming not to encroach on the... <laughs> Copyright of the wonderful Ms. J.K. Rowling. It was a Harry Potter dinner. Just, Everybody just, there just was wearing their Hogwarts colours. Barry Blotter, you know. It, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they, um, so they had four houses. Um, I can't remember all of the house oh, names. God. We were in House Dagda, which was basically Ravenclaw. So we were in House Not Ravenclaw. Okay. And do you know what? It was, it was fucking amazing. It was really? so good. So it was... Bloody expensive, let me mm. tell you. But it was so immersive. It was as close as a muggle like me can ever get to actually having a great feast at Hogwarts. Excellent. So it was held at Sydney Uni, which um, for Incredible. those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a big old sandstone university. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what you think of when you think wizard university and it was at yeah in the great hall which yep. is this big sandstone intricately carved which is basically like hall. The, the hall yeah, it's, it's, it's in the Harry great Potter. hall at, at all yep. it's, you know lots of portraits of dead white guys on the walls <laughs> it was great um and they just they had these four really 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 long tables and the place was packed there were 300 people there so it was just absolutely full of people wearing wizard's hats <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, they'd gone all out with the theming. The theming was fantastic. The air was absolutely full of um, theatrical smoke, uh, which sucks if you're asthmatic because they didn't actually warn us about that. But uh, they had they had the floating candles. Oh, wow. Yes, they had, which looked really cool. I mean, you could see the wires, but probably what the smoke was for. But, you know, it was very cool, like the effect when you walked in and mm. there was just, like, stuff everywhere and, and everyone was, as I said, wearing their Hogwarts colours and mm-hmm. they went to so much trouble to make it really immersive. They had all, they'd hired all these actors to play the roles of all of these. You know, they had the heads of houses oh and they had Nimue and Morgana who represented, like, the shadow and the light and they had oh. Merlin there because you can't have Dumbledore. But Merlin doesn't have copyright, so oh, they, yeah. we had Merlin. Um, you know, and they had magic shows and tricks and all this stuff going on. And we were right at the back of the hall, so we couldn't hear anything. But that actually made it more fun. Because um, <laughs> it was just as like, shouting is fun! And loud noises! <laughs> um, and you know what it was? It was so much fun. Because I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm 32. I am too old to be ashamed about liking stuff that is extensively for kids. I love Harry Potter. And I love dinner theatre. And I love dressing up. Excuse me. Harry Potter is a cultural phenomenon, okay? Like, it's not a, it's not a, you don't have to be a child to appreciate appreciate Harry Potter. The literal magic of Harry Potter. And also, you know, these, like, the the books were all written, because this is where it started. It started with the books. And the books were written, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s. So. Yeah, I mean, we are the Harry Potter generation. We 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 are the Harry Potter generation. So, Um, yeah. And. Anyway. Completely appropriate. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but yeah, so look, I love dressing up in costumes. I love... You do indeed. I, yes, I do. You know, I, I love all of this stuff. And um, oh, I got so much inspiration, dude, I've got to tell you. Because one of the things that I really, really love doing is throwing ridiculous, immersive dinner parties. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I know no. that. No. Um, uh, just, loves, just loves a good dinner party. And if I you can do. have a theme and be immersive... All the better. Yes. You know, I ha- we haven't had a dinner party for a we long time. We did not one. have one at all in 2017. Oh, my God. Um, yes. Wow. Drop the ball there. I really did. But that's okay because um, I've got a few up my sleeve. I'm planning some right now, <laughs> including my own Harry Potter-themed one, I have to say, mm. which is going to be very magical. Um, but mm. I love – okay, so I had this moment when I was probably in my mid-twenties and, and I was with a mate of mine and he was really into, I'm going to say Warhammer. It, I might be wrong. It might be something else. But it's that thing where you're like, you have the little figurines and you decorate them and then you like play war games with them. Anyway, yeah, he's okay. into that. And he just went, he said to me, you know what? I'm 24 years old. If I want to play with dolls, I'm just going to fucking play with dolls. Yeah. And I went, you know what? That's like, uh, that's going to be my life philosophy. <laughs> you know, fuck the haters. 
I'm just, so I'm particularly swear this episode. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I, if I want to play dress ups and make believe and do ridiculous things, then I'm going to do that. So, um, I think the biggest one we threw into date was the Game of Thrones themed dinner party. Were you at that one? You might have been away. I think I was away for that one. That one was amazing. We did. It was seven courses because the number seven is very important in Westerosi culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I am a nerd if you haven't figured out that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you're not listening. Uh, We (laughs) This was when I was living in a a two-bedroom apartment. We squeezed 14 people in there. We roasted a goose. Um, I sent my husband all around the world to buy a goose and edible flowers. We had the entire place lit by candlelight. It was amazing. And you know what? I love it. Throwing a massive dinner parties is just yeah, it's great. It's Why not? So much fun. No, I wasn't at the Game of Thrones one. I'm trying to think of what what have I been at? You were at the Mad Men one. Yeah, yeah, the fifties Mad Men. Yeah, oh, you made that amazing bomb Alaska. I did. That I made a salted phenomenal. caramel bomb Alaska. Salted caramel not being particularly sixties, but you know, bomb Alaska is. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yes, and I dressed up as Megan Draper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. And I just, um, yeah, I was actually, I was, I was appropriately themed for that one because sometimes I just kind of go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the, the modern day version of this thing. (laughs) I just, you know. Mel's Mel's not as into the dressing up as as I I am. I just, fine. it's not that I'm, I just don't, I, if I have the stuff and I can make it work. Then fine, but I don't have the energy to go out and get stuff just for that. I think that's what it is. Yes, yeah, so for um, me, that's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Um, the, yeah, the Mad Men one was good because I had a I had a Mad Men-ish dress, so mm, you that did. worked. Thanks, you did. Q. <laughs> Thanks, Q. <laughs> um, what else yeah. did we do? We had the Seven Deadly Sins one. Yes, that was really good. Yes, uh, we may reprise that one. Were you at the Titanic dinner party? I don't know. When, where was that? Uh, that was at um, a friend's place. It wasn't at my place. That was at Amanda's place. Titanic. No, I don't think Okay. So that was a really cool one. So we recreated a an actual menu from the Titanic. Um, oh. Let me tell you, cooking food from the 1910s is very different. And trying to make it taste good to a ninety to an a, a twenty um twenty first century palate is is an interesting challenge. Some of them were really good, and that was the one where we had. So um, shout out to our very very much beloved friend Manda. She doesn't cook, and her kitchen at that stage was not particularly functional. So mm. we created a ten course uh, early twentieth century feast. In an almost entirely non-functional kitchen. So that was a hmm. challenge. But you know what? It went really well. Yeah. It was cool. Good. And, you know, costumes. Uh, yeah. There was some other one that you did. Oh, no. At I... someone else's house. And it was, like, at one of our other friends' houses. And it was... There was I can't a... remember what the feet. The there was a French was. provincial one. Ah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, cool. Yeah. That was a great one because we started off with the um, idea of doing something healthy. <laughs> Mel's laughing. Didn't really end up that because way. Because she ate the food. Yeah. Um, it was delicious. Oh, it was great. But, um, like, you know, would you call it healthy? No. Yeah. So that one we started, we go with going, okay, we're going to we're gonna cook a healthy dinner party for this one. So, like, okay, healthy, healthy, healthy. What's a theme that kind of incorporates health? I know. Let's go to farmer's markets and buy fresh produce. Okay, yeah. great. So let's talk about fresh produce and let's talk about where does fresh produce take us. And then we started and went on this journey kind of went on this journey and it took us from healthy food to French provincial food where I'm sure you can see the journey that we went on, but, um, it was basically butter and wine. Yes. It was so good. I was going to say, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that unhealthy. Yeah, actually. Yeah, no, no, no. Everything, everything was cooked in butter and wine. Mm. Yeah. And there was a lot of cheese. Yes. It was great. It was really good. Anyway, so a massive dinner parties are heaps of fun, and I've got oh. some more up my sleeve. We are going to have a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one. <gasps> really? You didn't tell me about that. That's I have- amazing. Yes. I, I haven't. I haven't. Yes. I've planned it, but I haven't actually like. Oh yes. 
<laughs> a river of chocolate going through your whole house. Wow, okay. We'll no. do a chocolate jam segment. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, my God. The possibilities are endless. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, no, we won't have oh. a river of chocolate going through the whole house, but we will have blueberry pie that makes you turn blue. Oh, yes. Yes. Remember the ice cream party? We did have an ice cream party. God, that was, that was good. That was a Jess and Mel joint effort. Ah, oh, yes. Um, I I left a job at a um, much beloved company where I'd been very much part of the family there. And as a parting gift, they gave me an ice cream maker. Yeah. So naturally, Mel and I went, let's <laughs> we just need, make all the ice yeah, cream. Yeah, we need all the ice creams. We need to make sundaes. We need to make, you know, ice cream themed desserts. Let's just go nuts. And then, of course, and it wasn't did. just about like then the desserts but then it was about let's have all the cool little cups and let's have the little tags and let's have like you make your own sunday bar and Which have a little did. bit that so was cool. just oh god yeah yeah, yeah. still got the photos of some of that so, oh god that was so good yeah that was one of my fav- my personal favorites for obvious reasons because <laughs> mel loves anything chocolate ice cream dessert well that was based. also one that you and i ran together yeah it was it so was. that was really cool yeah, that was awesome. That was yeah. so good. We should do that again sometime. I know. That's good. Well, I mean, you know, I feel like with with we can really, you know, with the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of theme, that can really get into some of that. All right, you're gonna help me with the Charlie and right. Chocolate yeah, Factory yeah. one. This is our promise to you, Chocolate Jam listeners. Mel and I are gonna throw a ridiculous dinner party, and we will report back to you. Yes. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. In the future. <laughs> it will happen. So, new segment, Ridiculous Dinner Parties. <laughs> awesome. So, that was what I've been up to mm. and what you've been up to. Mm. Um, But you've got some pretty cool stuff coming up. Oh, what are Ms. some things that I'm, that I'm about to be up to? Going away. Going you on a little bit going away. of a journey, which makes it sound a bit more epic than what it actually is. It's like... I don't know, dude. It's I'm pretty going epic. Away, going away for a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> I'll be back soon, but yeah, but you're not um, trying to like you know, Wollongong, you're going further afield. I'm going to the other side of the planet, Europe, specifically Italy. If you hadn't picked up, I am of Italian heritage, and which has actually got well, not that it has little to do, but going, I'm going, I'm going overseas for work, Jess. I'm going to a conference in Italy that I found because, like, why not? Right? Yeah, my work doesn't have overseas conferences. And <laughs> I just kind of stretched it out into a bit of a holiday after that, or like a bit of an extra time after that, and it's going to be pretty, yeah, it's going to be pretty epic in the sense that I'm not necessarily going to go around and do a million and one touristy things, but, you know, mm-hmm. see some rellos, see some peeps, do some things, do some real, you know, I like to do the real... Um, that's what I'm looking for. Not touristy. Opposite of touristy. Oh, um, authentic. Like the, yeah, that's the one. Authentic. Like the authentic sort of, you know, small town Italian experience where, you know, you're like making everything from scratch and eating a bunch of awesome food and it'll be getting into summer there. So playing is gelato literally every single day. Oh, yeah. Um, Hell's to the yes. And, you know, when it's winter, you can't, you just cannot find gelato there. It's not like here where it's... Things things are seasonal over there. That's the crazy part. Like you know, even yeah, fruit and veggies and stuff. Not veggies, but fruit. To be seasonal. Yeah, they're 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 actually seasonal. You get into not so much like in Rome and big cities, but in the smaller towns, like things are seasonal. Yeah, which, um, which is as it should be. Like you because know, you don't want to eat gelato when it's snowing, right? No. And well, you you probably you don't. Do, but yeah, well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> me. Yes, most people don't. Most people don't. And or you know, and it's like. Oh, it's summer, so we've got cherries because they're in season. Yeah. And we just eat a crap load of cherries. And then, oh, it's winter. Let's eat mandarins because there's a crap load of mandarins and stuff like that. So, um, and I don't even, you know, it's funny because I don't even like cherries. Like, I won't eat cherries here, but I'll tell you, I'll go there and I'll eat, like, a butt ton of cherries. I'll be, I'll be picking cherries off the trees, sticking it in my mouth. Like, it's it's amazing. So how much, like, how good... How good food is there is just, I cannot yeah. overstate it because it's just, it's, it's like the food is good and the fundamental ingredients of food 
are just amazing. Like the eggs are awesome, the flour's awesome, the you know what you're making the food from well, is amazing. I, the water is great. Like it's. <laughs> I'm, but I'm sure that there's a correlation there. Like I'm, if the ing- if the the ingredients are really good, then I would expect that the food would be good as a mm. result. Because even if you're a skill at creating that food isn't any better than what we have you know that what a person here is which and I'm sure it is much better yeah if the base ingredients that you're working from is better then you know that that's just what will happen yeah it's so interesting that you say that about the chariots because I had a friend who lived um had lived for a time in Sweden I think let's go with Sweden mm, it works sure. for the purpose of the story um it was somewhat like that and she said that um, one of the things that she loved the most about Sweden was the strawberries. Hmm. Because she said they'd, they'd just they'd go to this farm, you know, they could go to a farm and they'd just pick the strawberries and they'd just get bucketfuls of them and they would eat them. And she said the strawberries taste completely different. She said, yeah. we don't, the strawberries we have here are just not the same. And I imagine the same is probably true for the cherries. Yeah. And I think that probably comes back to what you were saying about seasonal, mm. you know, here in Australia, yeah. we're not forcing it. They're yeah, not, they're not forcing it. So we're we're kind of forcing it here, having we, stuff year round. We are forcing it here. You know, I I have no idea what is in season when. Oh no! Because idea. my entire life, I've just been able to buy basically anything at any time. The only food that's really seasonal in Australia is mangoes, and even those are becoming less and less seasonal. Mm. You can get them. You know, the mango seem, season is getting extended, and I don't to think be able to that's get them just because of climate change. No. And you know what? I, I don't think it's a good thing. You know, as as convenient as sometimes it is to just be able to buy, you know, grapes whenever I want them. But I don't – I think it would be better if we stuck to things that were local and in season and if, if I could just go to the supermarket and know that what I'm buying was made, you know, at least, you know, hopefully on the eastern seaboard of Australia and mm. not in Brazil or California or Japan or wherever. Mm. You know, food – grown in brazil or california or japan should be sold in brazil or california and japan and you know i just i think we we're getting so far away from the natural order of things and that sounds ridiculous you know i'm not advocating stepping back on progress but i just think it's it's not good for us as as humans it's not good for the planet and and it diminishes the quality that we have you know i think it really diminishes the quality of the food that we have yeah I don't know that I have anything more to say about that. <laughs> um, that so that's my rant yes. for the day. Um, ranty. Yeah, I am very that's ranty right. today. I'm ra- oh, well, you know, I'm just getting started rant wise. <laughs> haven't gotten to the real. You want to talk Ooh, about? A, you want to talk yeah. about a segue? Let's talk about. I've got a, I got a, a segue for you. I got a rant. Okay. I have a rant for have, the universe. I think, I think you have several so rants. I have up. several rants, but All right, um. Let's go. Yeah, I have one in particular. Okay, so I, I have to vague talk here, guys. I need to vague speak because, yeah, it's it's work-related, but oh my god. It's almost a shame I can't get into the intricate details because it is hilariously ridiculous. It probably like, is. Like, I've got people, I, yeah, I've got people cracking up at dinner parties with this stuff, but I'm going to I'm gonna be vague. But my god, I've just, I'm, I'm, I've been doing some work of late at an organization, let's say, and it, you know, so I've been doing additional, like, so I'm, I'm working, I'm working around the clock, Jess. I'm a very busy, stressed young woman right now. You are taking on a lot of work right now, yeah. And, yeah, and I think I've justified it by, like, oh, I'm going to go away for a bit, so just, like, work a bunch and then go away, but then uh, I'm coming back, I'm coming back to the grind anyway. I'm going to be, like, half dead on this trip because, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so I've so I've been doing <clears throat> I've been working at an organization. And it's quite a large organization, and my god, it is painful. <laughs> the things, like I swear to God, I, I've got I've got like thirty stories from like two days of work there. It's just it is ridiculous, and it's you know if if Disneyland is the happiest place on earth, then this place is like the saddest place on earth. I have. I have stories ranging from the mundane through to the macabre and everything in between. Like, it is just, it's just insane. And, you know, I can, I can get into little things. I can get into things like they, at one point, 
gave me an office and refused to give me keys to that office. So that you couldn't lock the door? Uh, so, so that you that, couldn't get in? So I couldn't get in. Um, <laughs> okay. Because, cool. you know, it's a security risk. To have you in your office. For me to have keys to my own office or like, you know, but it was fine for me to be, you know, public facing and doing some quite important work. Yeah. But I, you know, there was questions but as to whether me as a, you know, um, contractual person, you know, not in a permanent position, uh, was allowed to actually have my key. key to my own office. Mm. That had my name on the door. <laughs> But yeah, <clears throat> so we'll put that one aside. One of the bigger things, so as I said, it's a big organization. So, you know, it's got various departments. None of them can actually communicate with each other. Well, why? no, I mean, that's one you of know, the hallmarks of a big organization. Why? But, you know, let's say they're, you know, they're their HR department, right? And this is what I'm about to say. This is a public record. So this isn't me, like, spilling some goss that I'm not meant to be saying. But this is actually public record. So uh, the head of HR, or the, the HR-type department, uh, left the role after he was uh, found guilty of taking photographs up women's skirts at a train station in Sydney numerous times. The head of yeah, HR. The head of HR. So so this person that For this large organization. That would, you know, organize talks about anti bullying and sexual harassment and <laughs> you know, of staff members and this, that and the other was found guilty of taking images. Yeah. Up you know, sexu- sexually harassing uh, sexually harassing women, basically. Um, and, and, and so, you know, like this kind of finish work for the day, go harass some women. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. That's, um... As you can imagine, it's wreaking havoc on the HR department and my contracts are all mess, but, um, <laughs> it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And the, and the organisation has, you know, of course, been very quick to say, oh, you know, this, this person was in an administrative role. Bullshit. Um, did not, you know, was not, was not public facing. Not public facing. Like, 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 that's fine. Like, it's fine. Like, it's not as bad because he only dealt with other staff members. Oh my God. Okay. I just, I just like to say to anybody who. Do you see what I'm talking about, Jess? Listening. Do you see? Yes, I fucking do. Oh my God. It's just ridiculous. Anyone who is listening who belongs to a large organization and maybe looks after PR, that is a really good, good example of a fucking terrible response to give to something like that. The correct response is. We are really sorry. We had no idea this was going on. Well, the very moment we found out, we dismissed this person immediately. That is the correct response. Even better if it's true. Mm. Yeah? yeah? Well, there was also that. There was, a, you know, we weren't aware and we were made aware when he tended. Apparently he tended his resignation upon, yeah, I don't know. It's well, just, yeah, I I was like, fuck this place. I don't know. Like, I'm just, ah, it's so... Huh. It's just oh my god. Like of course, of course. Okay. Of course that happens. Headphones, maybe just turn them down. Of for course a that happens. <laughs> um God. Dude, I think you need to stop working for this place. Yeah, I just you know. Yeah. Like I said. Well, look, it's not I mean I have I have some colleagues there that I'm quite fond of and that's they asked me back on this It's temporary, it's temporary. It's temporary. They pay me a sweet casual rate. I am doing good work there. I'm not, you know... You are doing good work there. ...harassing women or anything, but... Um, <laughs> or working for the people that are harassing women, but... Ah, uh, no, um, Yeah, it's... It's... Yeah. Yeah? See why I needed to rant? <laughs> I can see why you needed to rant. Well... This is just tip of the iceberg stuff, by the way. But, uh, yes. But I can't get into the other stuff, but... Um, just because it, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be decent... Let's just say that. Yeah, well, we, we do try to keep Macabre. it professional yeah. here on Chocolate Jam. But, um, yeah, that's just... 
I think that um, you know, <laughs> companies' responses to this kind of thing. You know, you know, you know what it is. You know what, <laughs> you know what this episode of Chocolate Jam is. It's, it's the ranting episode. It's two steps forward, one step back. <laughs> it's like we've got inspirational speeches. We've got, you know, we've got awesome. Like we've, you know, we've got, we've got you know, the empowerment of minorities and all this kind of stuff and, and the, you know, the breaking down of stigmas and then we've just got, you know, harassment and, We've got you know, upskirt photos. Upskirt photos from people that are, oh, God, yeah. And if, if you're a person who's listening who takes upskirt photos, firstly, I don't know why you're still listening because you would have figured out by now that we're, we're not the kind of people who condone that kind of behaviour. We're anti-upskirt photos. You Fucking should stop doing that. Stop. You should stop doing that. You creep. Like, yep. What the fuck is wrong with you? Major you can fucking get factor. endless porn on the internet for free. I know, right? Just go home and Google it. It's not even like you have to get a Playboy subscription. It's like there's, you know, just there's... It's right Jesus. there. Jesus, just watch the aforementioned Game of Thrones if you want. Like, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. like on TV, basically. Yes. You don't, you don't <sighs> need to do that, and you are being... Gross! Mm. You are being a disgusting grub of of a of a. I don't even want to say human being right now. Just just don't do it. Just just fucking don't, man. But that's the thing. That's that's part of the allure. Is like the oh it, yeah, is that it's verboten? Well, fuck yeah, that. and it's you know it's it's like your yeah you know power 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 thing structure. And... Well, you know what? If if it makes you feel empowered to do disgusting things that women are not consenting with, fucking look at yourself, okay? Because you are not okay. Like, no, I don't condone that. Just just stop. Go and get your jelly somewhere else. Like, ugh. And it's just like, you know, apparently, like, so, I think if I, if I read this right, it was like, you know, some of the photos had part of his face. Like, it's just like, God, oh. it's so dumb! It's so dumb! I mean, I'm not, like, you're not taking upskirt photos because you think, you know, because you're intelligent. But, I mean, <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Oh. Damn. Anyway. So, today we have covered <laughs> the best and worst of humanity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, humanity at its best is sublime and at its worst is just fucking grubby. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Humans. Fun. We suck. <laughs> not all of us. Not all the time and not all of us, but yeah. Cool. So, yes. So, while we're on the topic of ranting, mm. I'm going to invite you to have another rant. Mm-hmm. Um, apologies to anyone who is listening to this on headphones. You may need to turn them down again. Uh-uh. My daughter has been taking the Naplan tests this oh, year for the first time. Naplan. She is... Uh, in year three, and she so she's had her first nap plan. Now I know that you have some feelings about Aww. nap plan, Mel. Nap plan's one of my favorite topics, Jess. What are you talking about? I love nap plan. <laughs> nap plan's great. It was such a good idea. It was so fantastic. I love nap plan. Let's let's give a bunch of eight year olds, you know, a massive set of exams, a massive set of tests, and make a massive deal about it. But tell them it's not a big deal. I honestly, it's the stupidest thing ever, Naplan. Okay, you know, let me just like spit some knowledge at you. So, if hey. you, you know, or, you know, if a, a child, if a child is predisposed to anxiety, the time that it starts to, pre- with, you know, you see it start to present is around year three. Okay, it's mm-hmm. around about the time that they're about eight years old. It's like it's like they're moving, you know, they're sort of transitioning through developmental periods it's like it's like they're starting to become more aware and think about more stuff and and be you know aware of things beyond themselves but they're they're still concrete thinkers you know like they're not really they can't really think of the abstract yet they can't abstractly reason so they're caught in this in this kind of middle middle ground and they start getting really anxious and worried about a bunch of stuff so if they're predisposed to anxiety it really starts it really starts to catalyze around that age Mm -hmm. so let's just drop a bunch of bloody exams in there yeah that sounds great genius Oh, but they, they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. Don't worry, they don't mean anything. But here's the problem. They, those kids, and uh, they spend, they do all this NAPLAN prep. They do all this, they do all this pre-practice prep for NAPLAN. 
but then get told, but it doesn't matter. It's not important. And it's not important because it doesn't have any bearing on them individually, you know, for the cause of their education. It doesn't matter. They do well in NAPLAN. They don't do well in NAPLAN. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. But, you know, it's a mixed message because if it doesn't matter, why are we spending all this time on it? Why are we doing all this stuff in class about it? Why are we talking about it? Why are we doing practice questions? Because it doesn't have implications for the individual child. It's got implications for the school. Yeah. Because if they can say, oh, look at our NAPRAM results. We're so great. You know, like, it, then it becomes a selling point for them or it's, you know, I don't know if there's funding linked to it or um, or they were trying to do that at one point. Um, there, there is, but it's, but it's, it's a set, but it's essentially like a sort of, you know, like a, like a ranking categorizing system for oh, schools, it is. It is. right? You know, and, and, and published on the My Schools website, which prospective parents exactly look at, and, you know, I mean, even though I understand all of this about NAPLAN and even though I had these feelings about NAPLAN when my husband and I were looking for a school for our daughter, it factors in, we looked at the results. Yes. We did. We couldn't help it. Yes. We just went and we looked and it did influence how we were feeling. Yes, of course. Of course. Well, because why are you going to feel good about the about the school that's you know ranked really poorly? So, we can talk about NAPLAN until the cows come home. Sure. As um, you know, as adults, but I think what would be really great is if we got the perspective of somebody who this actually impacts. Yeah. So uh, here on Chocolate Jam, we have a segment which is, is a new, it's a new segment. It's a new segment. It's a new segment. I know, just for a change. It's called Sophia Says. Sophia Says. And uh, today, Sophia Says is going to be about her experiences with NAPLAN. Okay, so welcome to our segment, Sophia Says. We are here with Sophia, and she is going to tell us about her experiences with NAPLAN. So, Soph, tell us about, just tell us about NAPLAN. I was a bit nervous about it, but it was really easy. Yeah, and when when did you do NAPLAN? When did you do your NAPLAN? This week, it started on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then went to Thursday. Yeah, and then went to Thursday. So you did. So you did it over three days. Yeah, yeah. did language writing. I did two others, but I can't really remember what they were. Was it they like, one about maths? No. no, it wasn't one about maths. Was there one with numbers in it? Yeah. Okay. Do you think that might remember math? Maybe it was numeracy. Oh, yeah. It was numeracy. Numeracy. Okay. So how did you feel about NAPLAN before you were doing the test, before the test started? I felt a bit nervous and I didn't know what it was going to be like. Mm Mm-hmm. And what did did your teachers say about it before... Like in the weeks sort of leading up to NAPLAN? They said that it was just a test. It wasn't really a big deal. Just a test. It's a normal school day. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people were stressed about it and nervous. Like your classmates? Yeah. Yeah. So the teachers gave us some... Things like activities to get us ready for NAPLAN. Mm-hmm. What kind of activities? So, like, they give us the test. They give us tests, but it's not the actual NAPLAN. It's like NAPLAN. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like practice tests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did those make you feel? They were easy and very boring. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Did they make you feel uh, more anxious or less anxious? Less anxious. Okay. Okay. That's good. And what about your friends? What were your friends saying about NAPLAN before it happened? We talked about how we felt and they felt nervous like me. Mm-hmm. And they were a bit stressed about it. Well, Nadia wasn't. Okay. Because she had a book that she'd been practicing in for a long time for mm. NAPLAN. For a long time? Yeah. What, what kind of a long time? Like a week or a month? She started at Sally. 
the start of the year. Start of the year. Wow. Okay. So, so Nadia wasn't stressed because she'd been preparing. Yeah. Um. So, when you guys say that you were stressed, what did you think would happen? Well, we didn't think anything would happen during the test, but like, we were a bit nervous about what was gonna happen if something happened if you got a certain result. Okay, so no. you're you're a bit nervous about what happened what happened if you didn't do very well, is that it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Or if it was like gonna be really hard or something. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. your teacher talk to you about what would happen if you didn't do very well? No, but she did say that it's just a test and it doesn't really matter. It's just a normal school day. Okay. Mm. Cool. So, how did you feel after the test? Um, after the test, I felt like it was good for it to be finally over because it was really, really boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Being trapped in a room for about an hour doing a test. Mm. So, had you done any tests like that before where you had to sit in a room for an hour and just sit and concentrate on something? Not really, unless it was like a maths test or something in class. Okay, fair enough. And so, did so when Naplan was finished each day? Did you just do regular school activities after that, or? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. The only thing that was different about our times tables was that we went straight to Naplan in the morning mm-hmm. with our bags mm-hmm. and then for conscience that we went out into the playground instead of staying in our classroom. Okay. What's conscience zip? That's the It's where conscience zip is where um you get a fruit or vegetable to eat in the morning before morning tea. Mhm. And you have some water. Mm-hmm. The teachers won't let you eat anything that's not a fruit or vegetable or something healthy for crunch and sip because crunch and sip is meant for fruit and vegetables. Jess, if you and I had to do crunch and, sh- crunch and sip in high school or in primary school, we would have been in a lot of trouble. We would have. Yeah. Do you think we would have been in a lot of trouble? How do you think we would have gone with punch and soup? Um, if you didn't bring fruit in, you wouldn't have get gotten in trouble, but the teacher would say you have to put it back in your bag and save it till recess or lunch. Oh, okay. We would have, we would have, um, no, I don't mean we would have been in trouble, like, with the teacher, I just mean. It, we, we, we'd have we would, found it very difficult. We, we wouldn't have been crunching yeah. and sipping. We would have been just probably maybe just sipping. <laughs> well, um, some people don't have conscience sit and they just sit for a while. Mm. Okay. The difference. So coming back to Naplan, mm-hmm. do you think that it's a good idea to do the Naplan test? Um yeah I do because it's a good idea for the teachers to confirm what they know about what they need to teach you mm. and yeah. Do you think that that's the best way for the teachers to confirm what they know about what they need to teach you? Well, it would, wouldn't would really make sense if they just ask you what you need to know because I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't want to say it. So they do it in a test to mm-hmm. make it easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the results say about what they already know about you and confirm it or they know something new. So mm. you've got two years before your next NAPLAN test. Mm-hmm. How are you going to feel about the next one, do you think? I think that it'll just be a boring test that happens. So you won't be nervous about the next one? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, very thank good. you very much for coming to talk to us today, Sophia. Thank you, Sophia. And sharing your views on NAPLAN. <laughs> Okay, so that's pretty much it for today, guys. I think we've chatted and ranted enough. So I'll just maybe wrap up by saying if you've got any comments, queries, anything that you would like to say to us, drop us a line. You can reach us at chocolatejampodcast at gmail.com. And 
Also, we are on Instagram now, so you can follow us on Chocolate Jam Podcast on Instagram. Yes. So drop us a line, hit us up, follow. Like, follow, subscribe, whatever follow, you subscribe, do. Follow, subscribe, things. Those things. Stuff. Hope yeah. you've enjoyed today. And I'm Jess. And I'm Mel. And I'm Sophia. And this is Chocolate, Chocolate Jam. Jam.